Welcome to Films from the Phantom Zone, your podcast about failed and forgotten comic book movies. My name's Arnaldo, I'm your host, and today I'm here with another rant by myself. Birdo's not here because we are temporarily separated while this Omicron situation dies down. And he hasn't seen this movie yet, but I think he's about to. But I'm here to rant. This is another rant episode for The Matrix Resurrections, the long-awaited sequel to The Matrix Trilogy. And oh boy. I guess I should start by saying this is not what I expected to be doing. This is not a comic book movie, so it's similar to my last rant, which was about Free Guy and Paper Man. It's just something that I'm, I can't help but not complain about. And we're taking a break from the podcast for probably the next three weeks. So I was just kind of like sitting here trying to get my life in order and also twiddling my thumbs and being like, I got to get behind the microphone for a second. So in this rant, I will be spoiling Matrix 4, Matrix Resurrections. If you haven't seen it, if you care, then by all means, stop listening because I'm, I'm going to be talking about the movie. It's currently still available on HBO Max for the next 20 days or so. Uh, and it's also in theaters. Matrix Resurrection, long-awaited film written and directed by Lana Wachowski. Uh, her sister Lily did not want to make this movie. And you get the impression also that Lana was a little reluctant to do it. But apparently she came back to the film because her parents had recently died like within the last year or two. And this was sort of a way of grieving that where, you know, in a story where Neo and Trinity are both brought back to life for nefarious reasons, uh, I think she felt that, you know, this movie is being brought back to life and this is a story that she could write. But reviews for this movie are overall positive. I think the Rotten Tomatoes score is still in the 60s. Uh, but fans seem to hate it. And what I've seen a lot is that they're quoting that it has less exciting action. They don't like that it's self-aware at the expense of its fans. And they're complaining that it's too woke. Uh, and I say that in air quotes because so? Like, it's also a sequel to The Matrix. And The Matrix is woke. I mean, according to your own definitions of what that word means. Which really can just mean whatever a certain group of people don't like. But whatever. But... I don't necessarily agree with fans. What upsets me about this movie is not that it's bad. I don't think it's bad. I think it's overall a pretty good movie. I just think it doesn't need to be a movie. They shouldn't have made this. And I feel conflicted because I like it. And there are things about this movie that I really like. But then there are things about this movie I really hate. And at the end of the day, I kind of feel like this didn't need to happen. And I shouldn't have been given this and forced to, you know, relive my love for the Matrix only to then be kind of like disappointed that we're here. And so let me explain. For me, this is a tale of two halves. The first half of this film, I think is quite genius. Honestly, it's really good. If you don't know, you need to be reminded uh, within this, the Matrix, as we know it, a movie from 1999 exists within this new iteration of the Matrix within the story. So the Matrix got rebooted at the end of Matrix Revolutions. And somehow, even though Neo and Trinity died at the end of those films, they're brought back. And Neo is plugged back into the Matrix, uh, where he is a video game designer. And he has written one of the most successful video games of all time called The Matrix back in 1999. And this movie is set in what we know as present day. And I think this is quite smart. Like within the context of the narrative, 
the new architect, his name is The Analyst, played by Neil Patrick Harris. Basically, they realize that Neo could power the new Matrix, basically. Uh, Neo and Trinity together will somehow, and this is unexplained, but somehow make productivity within their power grid and within the Matrix way higher. So they're basically kind of like the engine behind the Matrix. But Neo being the one and being super powerful and really making it very difficult to control him, they've convinced him that whatever memory he has of his previous life of, you know, fighting agents and machines and and eventually winning and destroying Agent Smith and destroying the Matrix, all of those memories are a work of fiction that he created. So if he ever feels all of that was real, his therapist can point at the video game and be like, no, 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 you created this 20 years ago. You're going crazy, basically. And I think all of that's really smart. Having the Matrix exist within the Matrix also kind of works as like something for the audience because the philosophical questions that the first movie asked was, if you lived in a simulation, how would you know? You know, And now it's kind of like, if you lived in a simulation today, how would you know? Well, you know, movies and TV have gotten so creative that they would probably tell us. It'd be like, oh, you mean you're in a simulation? You mean like the movie The Matrix? Or in this case, the video game The Matrix? Like, that's a video game. It's not real life, right? Meanwhile, you know, his boss, who's played by Jonathan Groff, who is Agent Smith, and that's a little detail I'm going to get into, is telling him WB is going to make another Matrix game, whether you like it or not. And it's up to you if you want to participate. And some sources have said that's exactly what happened in real life. They had scripts that weren't written by the Wachowskis, and they were going to approach the Wachowskis and be like, it's either you be a part of it or we're going to make this. So I think it's kind of hysterical that all of that made it into the movie. But I think my favorite part of this first half is when they're sitting in like, there's like a marketing team and they're all trying to decide what is a matrix sequel like how do you make one what are the things that you need to include is it bullet time is it great action is it you know philosophical thought is it like mind fucks you know it's basically a bunch of idiots around a table kind of like talking about what the matrix means to them and neo is just sitting there hearing the same like drivel that he's been hearing his whole life again he's lana wachowski in this case about people telling her this is what the matrix is when really they're the ones who wrote it right i think all that stuff is really smart and there's a still a sense of mystery in the first half of the film which makes you feel like oh my god like what is this new iteration of the matrix where's the story going what does this mean for neo is he gonna remember is he gonna save the day again and He gets unplugged. We go into the real world and surprise cameo from Niobe, Jada Pinkett Smith, right? And suddenly that world has evolved as well. Like they live in a different world now and some machines are good and it's more nuanced. And I think all that stuff is super, super smart. The problem is around that point, the movie's like, we did all our info dumping. We did all the philosophical questions to be made right like the movie is thought-provoking and then at this point it's like oh yeah this is a movie the movie like remembers that it has to have a plot and a satisfying conclusion and a big action set piece and all the things that make a movie a movie and i'm like should this be a movie then because as the movie continues it kind of gets weaker and weaker and weaker The original Matrix and even the sequels, which, I mean, some people don't like. I think they're still really, really good. They're just not as good as the original. 
But you go back and you watch those films, it's nonstop from the beginning to the end. It's so creative. It's so innovative. It's revolutionary. And this movie makes you go, well, when does the kung fu happen? You know what I mean? Like, there is an okay fight around halfway through the movie. And then at the end, Neo is kind of, I mean, for lack of a better word, this is kind of an internet word, he's been nerfed, which means like you power down your superhero because he's too powerful, right? So I completely agree with the decision to do that because Neo is way too powerful by the end of the of the Matrix Revolutions. I totally buy that he's still remembering who he is. He's still remembering his skills within the matrix he can't fully manipulate the matrix like he could have before he's basically been out of commission for 20 years but really within the context of the movie it's more like 60 years however he sort of remembers how to do certain things so like halfway through the movie he's like oh yeah i still know kung fu that's a fun little bit right and then later on he remembers how to stop bullets and so he's basically doing this like force push over and over again so i was all about it as long as there comes a moment, like in pretty much every other Matrix movie, where he realizes what his powers are, and then like he kicks ass, and then the movie ends in a more satisfying way. Instead, what happens is, the point of realization comes at the very end, and it's Trinity who's apparently the one now. And that makes perfect sense. I'm sure a lot of people are, would complain about that, because feminism or wokeness or whatever but it makes perfect sense that this is a different iteration of the matrix therefore it would have a different the one so for it to be trinity makes perfect sense to me i'm cool with that as long as it doesn't come at the expense of taking neo's powers away but then by the end of the movie they kind of show that they're both ones because they're both flying around and having superpowers and stuff and that's fantastic but you do that at the very end of the movie and then there's no payoff right because We should have seen them kicking ass. There should have been a lobby scene. And by this, I don't mean make another lobby scene. I'm saying do something like a lobby scene or a burly brawl or the subway scene or something satisfying, right? All in all, it just makes me question, should this be a movie? Like, what is a sequel? If it, like, it's not just a continuation of a story. A sequel still gotta be the same kind of movie. You know, like, you wouldn't watch a Die Hard sequel that features John McClane, I don't know, like, trying to find love in a rom-com, and there's hilarious hijinks. Like, no, because that's no longer a Die Hard movie, right? And I think that's the problem with sequels. And, I don't know, did this movie do this on purpose? Probably not. Because this movie is like, hey, we shouldn't make a Matrix sequel. Okay, cool, I agree with you, and yet, here we fucking are, I'm watching it right? You made the movie, I'm watching it. So what are you doing here, right? Because The Matrix isn't just like this philosophical film about multiple allegories about religion and the illusion of choice and the allegory of the cave and gender identity in like a hyper oppressive society, right? It's also this dystopian anime in live action and it's a modern kung fu movie and it's a graphic novel, you know, shoot 'em up and it's gun fu, right? It's the most revolutionary film of our era it's all of the shit that the marketing team was just talking about right so if you make a sequel shouldn't be those things again and if you can't do those things then shouldn't you not make a sequel you know like it kind of reminds me of episode one star wars where they're like we're gonna make more star wars movies and people are like but can you do that and they made something that's different and people are like well this doesn't feel like star wars anymore and it took two more sequels 
before people were like, oh, it's kind of like its own trilogy and it's its own thing and it's different than other Star Wars movies. Okay, fantastic. Now I can buy into that. But there are no sequels to this. They said they're not going to make any more. At least Lana Wachowski says she's not going to make any more. Now, if WB makes more, okay, but I don't want to see more of this anymore. Like, all the good questions were asked in the first half of the movie and then sort of answered. And now it's like, what more story is there to tell? Like, you made a sequel to a trilogy that ended very conclusively. You know, it ended beautifully. All the main characters died. You know, the heroes won. The world has changed. And now it's kind of like, yeah, the movie's over. And yeah, there are other stories like The Matrix Online, the video game that sort of continued the story a little bit, but that's a video game. And that's kind of my point. This is an epilogue. This isn't a continuation of the story. It's just kind of like, hey, this is something that happened afterwards. But it's not on the same scale as the original trilogy. So should it be a movie? I don't think it should. What upsets me is that they went out and they made this movie knowing it shouldn't have been a film. It should have been a TV show. This should have been another Animatrix, like an anime, you know, or a comic, or maybe even a video game. They showed an Unreal demo, which was incredible. They should have done that. Make it a video game. That would have been great. It would have been amazing. Instead, we're stuck with this movie that gives us more questions than answers, and it's not about the philosophy, nor the story, or any of that. It's about why did this happen? Why was it made, right? I don't know. You know, they wanted to make money. And that's the only reason they make movies and they make fun of that fact in this film. But at the same time, they released it two days after Spider-Man. Like, what were you thinking? Like, do this in late December, you know, release it in mid-January. I don't, I don't know. Release it in February. Don't do it fucking two days after the biggest movie of the last like four years. Like, that doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I don't know about this film. Like I said, first half, quite good. I love all these kind of elements that should have been put in a different medium. But here we are, they made a movie, whatever. My other big complaint is the character of Agent Smith, right? Apparently, they couldn't get Hugo Weaving to come back because of scheduling or whatever, even though I think Hugo said he would do it like he loves the Matrix. So instead, they casted Jonathan Groff, guy from Hamilton, from Frozen, really good actor. And I think he did a good job as Jonathan Groff, a villain, but he is not Agent Smith. Like, imagine for a second, because part of the plot of this film is that they've the new Matrix will disguise your face, basically. Cool. That sounds fantastic. So Agent Smith doesn't look like Agent Smith. He looks like Jonathan Groff. I think that's a fine reason to recast somebody. Don't get me wrong. But if you had brought back Hugo Weaving, you could have used both actors. Similar to like when Trinity or Neo, they look in the mirror, they see a different person, right? They don't see themselves anymore. And maybe that's a whole nother allegory again, right? About identity and blah, 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 and self-image. And I don't know. I haven't thought about it that much. But he's supposed to be the same exact character. And basically, they took Agent Smith because I guess you can't get rid of Agent Smith. I think he, part of him, exists within Neo. So bringing back Neo, you would have to bring back Agent Smith. So they did the same thing with him as they did with Neo. They plugged him into the Matrix, and they convinced him that he is Neo's boss. And he gets to exercise power and authority and control over Neo and like this workplace environment. And it satisfies his needs, right? So he doesn't remember who he is. I think that's super smart, super smart. And you have that scene, you know, in the office and Smith will like toy with the idea of firing Neo. Like he is very 
sadistic and manipulative, and he's perfect, right? That's exactly what you want. But at one point in this movie, he makes a switch and remembers who he is. He sees a gun on the floor. He sees a lot of violence, and he's like, oh, I know what to do. I know how to fight. I know how to dodge bullets. I know what to do with this gun. He remembers that he's Agent Smith. But he never switches his performance. So one thing that annoys me is he calls uh, Neo Tom, right? Because his name is Thomas Anderson again. And he's just like, tries to be the cool boss. Like he's very fashionable and he wears sunglasses, but are, they're cool this time and cool loafers. So he, he refers to Neo as Tom, like, oh, hey, Tom. But at no point he makes a switch to Mr. Anderson. And if you don't recall, in, during The Matrix, Agent Smith only refers to Neo as Mr. Anderson, because that's his name to him, right? Part of that movie is all about gender identity and how Neo represents like a trans person who's stuck in a world where they can't be who they really want to be. And then when they discover their identity, you know, they're going to get attacked for it. And basically the Gestapo is going to come down on you and they will never refer to you by your real name. They're only going to refer to you by your given name, right? And there's a scene where in the Matrix where Smith has called him Mr. Anderson like 10 times, repeatedly, because <laughs> he's a dick. And Neo's like, my name is Neo. And then they fucking fight and he beats him up or whatever. Amazing scene, right? But that's the whole point of that character, is that he refuses to acknowledge Neo as anything but this inconsequential cog in the Matrix machine, right? He's just another human that needs to be plugged back in so that Agent Smith can go on with his life because he sort of hates being uh, an agent. He's kind of like Mr. Meeseeks from Rick and Morty. He only wants to exist so that he can stop existing so that he can fucking die and fuck off already, right? So why not have that turn and then put on your best Hugo Weaving impression? He doesn't do that. It reminds me of the character of Bane, who is in The Matrix Reloaded and Revolutions, is a real world character who gets infected by Smith within The Matrix. And then when he comes out of The Matrix, he's basically Smith, right? And that actor does his best Hugo Weaving impression in order to sell that he is no longer himself. He is now Agent Smith. And it works so, so well that you, for a minute, you know, it's almost like a Harry Potter movie where they take Apologies Potion and you've got one actor pretending to be a different actor pretending to be that character, right? It works super well. And Jonathan Groff doesn't do that in the slightest. He continues calling him Tom and he continues talking like Jonathan Groff would talk. He has like a sense of humor, even though Smith is very dry. It doesn't track at all and it doesn't work that could have been really impactful and it isn't and on the flip side of that you have the character of morpheus who this time is played by a man with a very cool name who i will probably mispronounce yaya abdul mateen the second kind of looks like a younger more handsome lawrence fishburne but he puts on a lawrence fishburne impression basically because he is like a computer program that neo wrote sort of in memory of Morpheus because he needs Morpheus. He needs a Morpheus character to break him out. So that's what his subconscious wanted to do. Yaya goes out there and he does a great Lawrence Fishburne. And that works within the context of the film. But then Jonathan Groff couldn't fucking do it. Why? And then I write something that he studied Hugo Weaving. No, you didn't. You clearly didn't because there's not an ounce of Hugo Weaving in your performance. So why not just make him an original character? Why not make him someone else? Like the fact that you made him one of the most iconic villains of all time does no service to that character or that performance. 
it's such a small thing that could have made this movie infinitely better. But there you have it. So I think this made me feel better. This is so therapeutic when I do rants. And like I said last time, we're going to be doing more of these because they're fun, they're short, they're easy, uh, and we get to complain about things that really bother us in non-comic book movies, right? So I think that's it for me, guys. It is New Year's Eve at the time of recording this. So happy New Year's. If you're listening to this, it means it's 2022 and we made it there safely. So hooray. Like I said, other than this little thing, we are taking a short break. You know, December was just kind of crazy and I've got life things to kind of get in order. (laughs) And so as soon as all that's done, sometime during mid-January, we will continue recording new episodes, putting out reviews. But in the meantime, we will still be streaming on Twitch on Monday nights, maybe even additional days. We're still working out those kind of uh, details, but we love to stream. So check that out on twitch.tv slash films from PZ. But yeah, all these episodes are available on YouTube. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for leaving a good review. If you do that on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, maybe, I don't know, thumbs up, all, all that stuff. You can find us on Twitter at Films from PZ. You can find us at TikTok, Films from PZ. You can find us on Instagram at Films from the Phantom Zone. And there's some other stuff, but I'm just going to kind of wrap this up. Thank you guys again, and we will see you in the new year. Goodbye.